Welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. I'm Jason Gabrielli from HFM Investment Advisors, and I'm excited to get into our topic today about investing for your kids. One thing I got to call out right off the bat is that I am doing my first podcast by myself. So no guests, no other advisor from HFM, just me sitting here talking to myself. So let's hope that this goes well. Please feel free to leave your feedback. Let me know how this goes. I wanted to get into this topic about investing for kids or grandkids or whatever, because it is something we talk about all the time. Clients of ours are constantly asking about how they can get their kids started investing, which I think one is great. Obviously, the sooner you can start investing money for kids, the longer the time has to compound growth. And ultimately, hopefully the larger it will grow for their use. So investing for kids is a great thing to do. But it's important to understand the different nuances and the different ways that you can put money away for your kids. So the first one that we want to talk about is something called an UTMA or an UGMA account, U-T-M-A or U-G-M-A. And basically, you may remember these types of accounts from the old passbook savings days. Remember I had one, uh, Commerce Bank back in the day. And basically what an UTMA or an UGMA is, is it is the way that minors, people under the age of 18, can own property. And the custodian is a named person, usually a parent or a grandparent, can sign on their behalf until they're 18. So an investment account that is owned in an UTMA or an UGMA is the same as any other taxable investment account that you might have for yourself, like an individual account or a joint account. The difference is it's actually owned in the child's name. Now, like I said, you name a custodian to go along with that, who is usually a parent or a grandparent, and their job is to make sure that it gets used for the child's needs. Now, you can invest in pretty much anything that you would invest in normally in any of your own accounts in this type of account. The big thing to note with this type of account is that once the child reached the age of majority, which in most ages is 21, the account basically locks up and the only person who can access it is the child. And in most cases, they have to shift it to an individual account in their name to access the money or change the way it's invested or anything like that. Now, I point this out because this is important to recognize if you're putting money away for your kids or your grandkids, you will have to make sure that you want that money to be theirs and theirs alone at age 21. So if this money's earmarked for college or a gift you wanna give them someday to buy a house, really what it comes down to is control. If you want to maintain control of this money long-term, the UTMA might not be the greatest solution for you because again, at 21, it does become their money. So let's go to the next one, which might give you some more control. And another way to do this that's somewhat simple is to open an investment account in your own name or in yours and your spouse's name that is just earmarked for your kids. And this maintains control because it's your account. And so it still invests in the same things, obviously, as you would invest in in an UTMA or an UGMA or in your own accounts. So from an investment perspective, it's the same. The difference is you're putting that money away and it's basically in your own name. And this is important to recognize because now you have control over it. You decide when you pass it along to your child or your grandchild and what they're going to use it for. The third way to invest money for your kids, and this one is probably one that a lot of you have heard of, and this is something called a 529 college savings plan. So 529 college savings plans are state-sponsored. Every state has their own, and they choose an investment provider to administer it. State-sponsored investment platforms that give you a vehicle to save for college in a way that's tax-deferred. So what does that mean? In the first two examples I gave you, an UTMA or an UGMA account, 
or an individual or joint account in your own name, those are taxable accounts, which means that as the funds pay out dividends and capital gains and all that stuff, you get a 1099, you have to pay taxes. And then whatever the money grows to over time, eventually somebody is going to pay capital gains tax on whatever it grows to if they choose to sell and move out. In a 529 college savings plan, you don't have to worry about any of that. So what happens in a 529 college savings plan is it's a lot like a retirement account. The growth that occurs inside that account is tax-free. You don't get any 1099s or anything like that every year as it grows. But the caveat is you have to use it for qualified education expenses. Now, that is a standard list that's put out by the federal government, Department of Education, but it is pretty broad. The last I remember, I believe, don't hold me to this, but I believe it covers a laptop, it covers transportation even maybe. I believe it covers rent if you're living at school. It's very broad, obviously tuition and books and all that stuff as well. But it really does need to be spent for college education. The benefit of a 529 also is that it is owned by the account owner, which is usually the parent or the grandparent. So the beneficiary is the child or the grandchild, but the owner is the parent or the grandparent or somebody else. The benefit being it's again in your control. It never becomes the child's money. It's always your money. You could just change the beneficiary if you need to. So there's a couple caveats here to know about with the 529 plan. Sometimes people will tell us, well, I don't want this money earmarked for college for every child that I have or every grandchild that I have because they might not go to college, which is totally understandable. There's some new regulations that allow 529 money to be used for private high school to a degree. And then also there's really brand new legislation that came out pretty much the last week of 2023, Secure Act 2.0, that allows for a percentage of 529 assets to be converted into a Roth IRA. Now, there are a ton of stipulations around that. I believe there's a lifetime maximum of $35,000 that can be converted. The last contribution or the first contribution, I can't remember, has to be 15 years in the past before it can be converted into a Roth. And the child or the adult at the time needs to have earned income in the amount of whatever Roth conversions are done. So there's a lot being done on that. Feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to go into detail because it is very nuanced. The other thing with 529 assets is you can change the beneficiary to a lineal descendant up or down. So what that means, or a brother and sister. So if you have a couple kids or a couple grandkids and you want to change the beneficiary because one of the grandkids isn't going to college and you don't want to get the penalty that would be incurred by taking the money out of the 529 for a non-qualified education expense. So to avoid that, you could change the beneficiary to one of your other kids or to yourself or grandkids someday if you don't quite have them yet. So a 529 does have some flexibility, but again, it is mostly for saving for higher education, saving for college costs for your child. Pick up some tax savings as well, because again, you're not getting taxed on that growth as long as you use it for college. If you don't, there is some penalties and tax you would pay. So just to recap really quickly, we've talked about the UTMA and the UGMA, which is kind of a standard investment account, but it's owned by the child. And at 21, it becomes their money. The second way to do it is to invest in an individual account or a joint account in your own name. You get to control how that money gets spent and when it becomes the child's money. And then the third way is that 529 college savings plan that we just discussed. So one thing I want to discuss before we move on is how it affects the FAFSA application for federal student aid. So most people will fill that out, even if you don't think you will qualify. There are some things that pretty much everyone qualifies for. So most students will fill out the FAFSA. Even some colleges will require it for their own financial aid. So something to note really quickly is that if you go the UTMA or the UGMA route, the expected family contribution, which is basically how much they will take into account, the value of that account is pretty high. It's about 20%. So they will assume that the child's going to use 20% of that account towards their college education. If it's an account in the parent's or grandparent's name or a 529 that's owned by the parent or grandparent, either way, it's only counted at like 5%. And that's actually only for parents. For grandparents, it's a totally different setup. 
with 529s, that is a bit nuanced. We'd want to get into that. But if it's a parent-owned 529 or a parent-owned investment account, even if it's earmarked for the kid, that's only counted at 5.3%, something like that. So any assets owned by the child in an UPMA or an UPMA are going to count more. Same thing, any income attributed to the child will be counted more. That's, again, a little bit more detailed. So those are the three big ways to invest money for a child. The fourth kind of bonus way, and this one has a lot of rules around it, so I kind of throw it in at the end, is what everyone would probably love to put money away for a kid. I hear this a lot, is a Roth IRA. The big question is, how do you get money into a Roth IRA for your kids? Because Roth IRAs, quick reminder, is a retirement account, but it has a ton of great benefits. The first one, the biggest one, is that the money that you put into a Roth IRA, you don't get any deduction for it or anything like that, but the growth that it experiences is completely tax-free. So if you put dollars away for your kid when they're a teenager working their first job, that money could be worth quadruple or even more by the time they retire, and none of that growth would be taxable. So that's the big advantage of a Roth IRA, getting that compound interest clock running and getting it running on a tax-free basis for a very long time. The gigantic caveat with Roth IRAs, especially for kids, is that you have to have earned income up to the limit, which this year is $6,500 a year. You can do as much as you want up to $6,500 a year, as long as they have earned income in that amount. So the reason this is kind of impractical for young kids is because most young kids don't really have any earned income, right? They don't have jobs. Unless you figure out a way to get your three-year-old a job, in which case, definitely email me because I want to know. Luca, I think he's ready for the workforce. But aside from that, for young kids, it's pretty rare that you would have earned income, which you could use for a Roth IRA contribution. So really, your biggest option is for when they start getting that first job and they start having some earned income, you kind of look at their pay stub and you can see how much they've made and you can help them set up a contribution to a Roth IRA, which is a great thing to do. And you can even top it off if you want, because you can do 100% of their earned income up to $6,500 and get that tax-free growth for retirement. The other thing that I will generally mention about Roth IRAs, even though they are retirement accounts, there is a little bit of flexibility there because you can always take out your contributions tax and penalty-free. The growth is treated differently, but the contributions made to a Roth IRA can always be taken out tax and penalty-free. So make a recap investing for a child or grandchild. The first is the UPMA or the UGMA account in their name. Big challenge there is control because it becomes their money at 21. The other option is standard investment account in your name or a joint name that's earmarked for them behind the scenes, but really it's just the same as any other account in your name. And the advantage there is that you maintain control, but you do have to gift it to them at some point in the future, which could cause other issues. And then the third way is that 529 college savings plan. You get the advantage of tax-free growth as long as you use it for qualified education expenses, but it is essentially locked up for education expenses. And that bonus way is, of course, a Roth IRA, but they have to have earned income. They can put their money in or your money in. Either way, it's a great way to start your kids investing. In general, if you're thinking about investing for your kids, you are already putting them on a great path to building wealth and understanding how money works and how investing works. I absolutely encourage you, get them involved if they are of age where they would understand what's going on. At least help them understand why you're putting this money away and what the advantage is so that we can start to build good investing habits for the next generation. Thank you all for joining me on this first solo episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. If you're not already subscribed to us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all that stuff, make sure you hit the subscribe button. You always get the most up-to-date new episode. Otherwise, thank you for your time today and we will see you on the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor firm. 
All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.